0: No!
1: Start a sermon series that is reflective of the season of advent that we find ourselves in. And I want to use some of the themes of the season to help us create the series is entitled Christmas Playlist, Christmas Playlist, I hope everybody knows what a playlist is, some of y'all might even have playlists, you had a playlist this morning from Carl. Yeah. some of y'all got your favorite playlist that you listen to on, on your earphone when you're working out or when you're working around the house playlist is just a list of songs that you like you know but it, whatever it is some of y'all theme to Gilligan's Island I don't know what it is but it,
0: <laughs>
1: whatever you put on there <laughs> uh, whatever you put on there but it's the songs that get you moving I uh I uh, go through different phases in my sermon preparation where I have this list of songs that I listen to all the time. And then I have to rotate them. Um, and then there's so many of them that you can't, you can't really listen to them all. So sometimes it's been so long since you heard a song, it almost seems new to me. It's and worship songs that I love listening to. Lately, I've been in... <laughs> Uh, lately, I've been on Tasha College. <laughs> Man, you're too good. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah, I, I, just, I, just, I just think that if you have not,
0: uh, if you don't benefit
1: from listening to me, uh, your life is less colorful than it could be. I'll just share that with you. Uh, I'm not saying you have to do it, but, but it, it, it seems to strengthen me. So, this Christmas playlist is going to touch on some traditional songs, the traditional versions of those songs. Let's see how they help us out in understanding uh, the, the Christmas message from the Bible standpoint. And I realize that some of these songs have been made over by some of our most, some of our uh, favorite secular artists. That's fine. I think that speaks to the, the to the wide reach of these songs, that they're so, so significant for the season that everybody wants to make it, you know? Uh, today, our song that we're going to look, listen to or talk about, and I'm not really talking about the lyrics of the song. I'm talking about the meaning behind the song, the Bible behind the song. So, you know, if you want to go back and pull the words to it, that's fine. I'm not going to really begin too deeply into that aspect of the um, but today's song is the first Noel. Yes,
0: the
1: first Noel. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't matter if your favorite version of it is from you know Al Green or Kiss or whoever. <laughs> you know I don't know who you listen to. Or, uh, uh, the, you know the Blind Boys of Alabama. It doesn't matter who it is. It's the words. It's the meaning. Behind the song, and when you got a playlist, clearly those songs be right? clearly those songs speak to you in some kind of way but I want these songs to speak to you is about one word all all month. I want every song we talk to you to speak about one one name and that's Jesus Jesus, I want every one of these songs to point. To him, because too often in the celebration, we forget him. We we forget who we're celebrating and what it's all about. And I and like I said a moment ago, the wide reach of these songs ought to tell the whole world who we're celebrating, specifically Jesus, specifically those who are not in the household of faith. They don't even understand the meaning behind these songs. And so And I hope you know that most of our favorite songs point to Jesus. Most of them do, even though we've doctored them up in some some kind of way. Um, While we're celebrating Christmas, the essence of that celebration is remembering this big word, the incarnation. That's the birth of a God. Yeah, that's God putting flesh on and coming to live with us. That's the purpose of us celebrating Christmas. You know it's right, because when we celebrate your birthday, we're celebrating your birth. All right? We're celebrating your birth. So, too, it is when we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating Jesus Christ's birth. He's in human form. And whether you've never heard the story before, or whether you've heard it a thousand times, as many of us have, I hope this series will give you Something inspirational. So the first Noel. What is a Noel? What is Noel? What what does what does that mean? It's a simple word. Uh and it simply means it's a Latin word. Latin word. Anybody beside me took Latin in school? Yes. West, yeah, Weston. yeah. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah, really. Wow. They don't teach Latin really anymore. Uh, it was dead. It's been dead. for their dead language. Um, do I remember a lot of it? Nope. Nope. You, took it Zander? you take it from Ms. Xander? Who did you take it? You remember? You don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Took it from this lady. Ms. Xander. Yeah, Ms. Xander. And guess what? You did. <laughs> she probably to go <laughs> But, But... But but you learn Latin the same way you learn English, Spanish, French. You learn uh, verbs and nouns, and that's what makes it unfun. To be honest with you, that you have to learn it's just just like any other language you have to learn. And so you know, um, but in Latin, in, in Latin, the uh, the word is "nasci," nasci, n-a-s-c-i, and it means simply to be born, to be born. Uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Jesus is, uh, the birth of Jesus is predicted uh, and called the Natalis, the Natalis, all right? But when we talk about the first Noel, we're simply talking about the first celebration of the birth. That's, that's all it's referring to uh, when we say it, it's not really that complicated. And so the scripture we want to turn to is perhaps the most famous scripture for this series, or for this season. And we're going to we're going to look at a number of them in this in this sermon. But it's Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. Luke, you've heard me say before that in my opinion, in my opinion, Luke is the investigative reporter of the Bible because. Though he was not present for a number of events, he seemed to get cornered. You know, this is hey, welcome to Luke's podcast. We're talking to Mary, the mother of Jesus tonight. I mean, that's that's it's, it's as if he set everyone down. How to know that? Because that's what he wrote. He said Mary held these things in her heart. That's the only way he could know the situation surrounding um, Mary. Now, Mary, tell me, you you and you and Joseph were betrothed. Is that right? And Mary tells, me, yeah. We were, and then the Holy Spirit came to me. Hold up, hold up, hold up. My listening audience is not going to take that. I mean, can you just hear in today's context, this is how Luke is finding out about Mary's experiences because there's no other way he could know. And so, and so Mary, before we went to the break, you said you decided to take a, a, a vacation or need to get away from town. So you went to visit your cousin, Elizabeth. Tell us about that. And he, she did. She talks about going to visit Elizabeth, because Elizabeth was pregnant with cousin John, who later became known as the Baptist. The Baptist, Jesus' cousin. We don't know what level of cousin they were. They were just kin, according to the Bible. But in Luke chapter 2, I want to read verses 8 through 15 in your hearing. All right? There's a remarkable story there that he finds. He says, and there were separates living out in the fields nearby. And they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Wow! today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Watch this now. The baby is the Messiah. And this is how you'll know him. This will be the sign for you that you got the right baby you will find an unusual sight. There will be a baby wrapped in clothing and he won't be laying in the house. He will be laying in a manger. That's how you'll know you're dealing with the right one. And as soon as the angel said that, according to verse 13, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, imagine that scene! glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those to whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened. This thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Can you imagine you on the lake ship with the sheep? You come in that evening with your little bag, with your little whatever, you know, bread, whatever you're going to have for lunch that evening. Another evening in the sheep bowl. And you go sitting down there, and you and Reggie are sitting over there chopping it up, talking about what y'all are gonna do this weekend after Sabbath, and all of a sudden, this happens. You 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 just you just by the world's standards, you are, can I say this and not be offensive? You're a nobody. By the world standard, no one would even bother themselves to come looking for you. They didn't come looking for David till the preacher told them, Don't you have another He was in the sheepfold and he was so insignificant that even his daddy and his brothers didn't even think about it. And so here are the the sheep herders or shepherds doing their job when somewhere in the highest offices of heaven the memo crossed the desk and said announce Jesus' birth to them.
0: How in the world
1: Do you become so significant that the singular most important event that has ever crossed the horizon of mankind demands you as an audience? And that's how good God is. Because, watch this if He had announced it in the palace, you and I would never have heard about it, we never would have known. That there was a Messiah born. But who better to announce the birth of the Savior to than the very folk who needed saving? The most needful people are the most neglected people. The ones who needed
0: hope the most are the ones who hope the most.
1: Yeah, you know, instead of saying hope, I mean help, the older folk used to say hope me. Hope me. Yeah. They need it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all got some family members, and you said it too. Hope me. And so these shepherds get this visitation, and they got, watch this, take this out with you and share it with everybody. They got the very first good news. The very first good news. We get on now, we go on because somebody's famous, because they got the first tweet. You know, when they started Twitter, oh, the very first official tweet from the Twitter account is to. And well, what did they say? Anybody know? Anybody care?
0: The first message.
1: About Jesus Christ's birth, went to the shepherds, y'all. The folk nobody cared about, and that's why it's called the good news, because it brings the hope of what is. Not anymore. At the moment before the angel showed up in the sheepfold, it was still what is to be. But when they showed up in the sheepfold, it became the message of what he is. He's here. The one you prayed for, the one you've needed is in your midst. Go find him. He looks like this. This is how you're going to find him. Jesus came into the world. God is here with you. God. God is here with you with flesh on. That's what we celebrate. Don't let anyone diminish the significance of what we celebrate for Christmas. Don't let anybody make it about something that is not about it's about the fact that God came to be with us because we needed him. We could not straighten it out ourselves to get things right with us. So God came to, as the folk would say, see about us. Yeah, he said he came to see about us. In this situation, we learn the difference between happiness and joy. Between happiness and joy. In 1974, I was 10 years old, and I wanted this to be the best Christmas ever. I mean, I was straight up in the Christmas thing, man. I mean, I was 10, probably a little immature, that's all right. That's all right, because that kept hope brilliant in me. Yes. I found out what happened when you know too much. Yeah, but anyway, at that point, I was into it, and I had the list. I had sat down with that J.C. Penn catalog and marked it up. Yeah, that baby was about that thick, y'all. You used to come in the mail. You could hear it. You sat out there and waited till that postman dumped it on the porch. Ooh. You can hear it when it hit the port. You ran out there to get that catalog, and by the time Mama got off from of work, I had we didn't even have sticky notes then. I had torn up rule uh paper and tape to all the pages that I wanted something off of, you know, first, second, third, forty fifth, forty fifth, sixth, forty-seventh. These are my choices of things I wanted. I mean, hey, hey, unrestricted begging, man. Um I was going to get it all, but what harm is it to ask? Yes, he's a generous dude, that jolly old elf. Um, I was into it. I was ready for Christmas, but the number one thing on my list was a 10-speed bicycle. I wanted it. I could see myself with my jeans on Ride down the road, me back, yes sir. With my tank top on and my
0: pick in my pocket, (laughs) I can see myself. Yes sir.
1: Yes sir. I can see myself. My bell bottom jeans on. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh oh, see that? Look look. That's plenty of mine. No. Go ahead, Red. <laughs> Yeah, I use it now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I put in my request for that. and Mama knew it every time. You know, it's just like the ball on TV that wanted the BB gun. What was that? The Christmas store, yeah. Ralphie. Yeah, except mine was, a, 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 I needed a 10-speed, Mama. Silver. Sil- silver. Silver. Well, here comes Christmas. Yeah, this don't have no happening. Uh, I learned a difference. I was full of joy for the season. I mean, I love the season. Until so I got up that morning. And I got a bike. Absolutely. Mama got me a bike. But somewhere along the way, The order got wrong. I mean, look, 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 look. Amazon messed this one up. They need to come back. Instead of it being silver, it was yellow. Yellow. It was yellow. I had to go find it for this message. And instead of it being a 10-speed, it was a 5-speed. Man, come on. I'm like, Mama, what was going through your mind when you were putting this order in with the claws, man? Now, look, just to be honest with you, I was happy. I had a bike. I couldn't be ungrateful, you know, because I had a bike. I knew what was going to happen when I rolled up on the block. With the boys, when I rolled up and they had like, it, it was like you know, you you know when you see the easy riders with all the motorcycles, and they come down the street, and it's about fifteen of them, and that's how they came down the road, and they knew ten speed, you know, rolling the wheels backwards just to show me they could, you know, and then I came up in what they affectionately started calling the school bus. <laughs> Mama had no idea what she had created for me. She come in there and say, don't you want to ride your bike? My stomach hurt. I said, my stomach hurt, mama. <laughs> I don't feel like riding today. I see Steve and them out there riding. Don't you want to go? And maybe in a little while, let me let them get by two blocks old. That's when I realized that happiness depends on something happening. And when it don't happen the way you want it to happen, you're probably not going to be happy. And because that didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen, it diminished my happiness. Yeah. Uh, Me and that bike never had a good relationship. (laughs) Not for real, you know that baby may have just rusted in the garage. I rode it every now and then, but it was hard keeping up with the mother folk because, you know, they had five more gears they could go into <laughs> that, that, that I had. Yeah. Mama never would have understood. And because Mama had worked hard, I don't know what the difference in a five-speed and ten-speed price was. That was a big, you know, I couldn't get into all that. I, I had to just be grateful and thankful to Mama. I don't want to give you the impression that I was a brat and was mad that day. I wasn't. I was appreciative to Mama on Christmas Day. I'm telling you, I thanked her. Mama, thank you, thank you. It's just when I got outside, I was, oh, oh Lord have mercy. I'm going to lay this down. Yeah, we made it through it. That's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is not about whether you get a silver bike or a yellow bike. It's not about whether you get anything like that. Christmas has embedded within it joy. And I don't want you to get stuck on happy when you can have joy available to you. Yeah, if you keep trying to find something to make you happy, something's always going to happen to diminish that happiness. And so don't ground your celebration in stuff. All right. Don't don't do that because it will mess up your celebration. I learned a foundational lesson about the difference between happiness and joy. I still wasn't mature enough at that point to understand the depth of Christmas, but I knew happy wasn't what I was looking for. All right. And so as I got older, as I got into a relationship and understood the depth of what Christmas is about, then I understood the meaning of joy. And I realized that a tree with nothing under it, with my name on it, doesn't diminish my joy. I learned that I could celebrate the season simply for the season's sake and have joy. And then I understood what must have been the feeling of those shepherds in that field that night. Somebody come with me. I tried to find an example of how those shepherds must have felt on that hillside. A contemporary example. This is the closest I could get in my lifetime. I got a clip that I want you to see. This is the closest I remember folk being full of joy. Just Absolute joy in my lifetime. I remember this. Come on, y'all. Can you? Yeah, I think some of you may remember this, may have even participated
0: in it an, and experienced it.
1: November 5th, 2008 was unlike any night in America. Down.
0: America is a place where all things are possible. We still wonder if the dream of our founders is alive in our time. We still question the power of our democracy. Tonight is your answer.
1: Look at the crowd.
0: It's the answer told by lines that stretched around schools and churches. Look at the, the numbers this nation has never seen by people who waited three hours four hours, many for the first time in their lives because they believed that this time must be different, that their voices could be that different. It's the answer spoken by young and old, rich and poor, Democrat and Republican, Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Native American, gay, straight, disabled and not disabled. Americans who sent a message to the world that we have never been just a collection of individuals or a collection of red states and blue states. We are and always will be the United States of America.
1: That night, America had a feeling that it had not had in a long time.
0: It's an A answer. feeling
1: of absolute We've joy. Stop talk- video. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I don't know how many of y'all remember that. I was in tears. And most folk I knew were in tears that night. Talking to folk. We were calling folk around the country that we had grown up with and had gone to school with and They were in tears in Mississippi. They were in tears in in Texas when I talked to them. They were in tears everywhere because we knew that hope had been fulfilled. This is the hope of hundreds of years for us in America. And he was the embodiment of that hope. This ain't got nothing to do with politics. This has to do with hope. Bigger than that moment. And we cried, and I still still see folk get affected by it right now. They listen. If you go look at that clip on YouTube, any of them, and read the comments behind it, folk who are not even American talk about how they cried when it happened. That Obama won that race. Hope came. People could be bigger than circumstances. That's the closest I know that folk. Now, if we as a people can get that much joy because a man is elevated to a position in the government, can you imagine the joy that those shepherds must have felt when the host of heaven came to them and announced to them that God, the creator of the universe, has so loved you that he has come to live with you in human form. Can you imagine the joy? And we dare diminish that joy by a foolish celebration that come in trying to make Christmas commercial. That's why I get mad in July when they talking about Christmas in July. I get mad because you are denigrating the meaning of the celebration for your own personal profit. And that ain't right. So the first Noel came to tell us that Jesus the Christ is here with us. And we ought to forever celebrate the joy. That that good news brings. Nehemiah said this long before Jesus Christ was ever ever born. Said, "Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared." This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's just celebration. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The fact that you meant so much to God that he thought you worth him coming and sitting down to see about you. You know that and that's your sense. When, When we decide to not only hear the good news, not just Christ coming, not his crucifixion, not just his resurrection, but we hold on to it in this season. That's the joy that God gives to us. And through that obedience comes our strength. Because we know, look, we know the good news. When stuff starts going bad for you, in a given day, you can smile to yourself and say, but I know the good news. But but, but I know the good news. This might be troubling me right now. But I know. I know the good news. And when we accept and believe the good news of Christ, some things happen to us. First thing that happens is it results in praise. When you do, you ought to, when you know the good news of Jesus Christ coming, the result of that is praise. Isn't that what happened? Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God with the knowledge of the joy that Jesus came comes praise. They sang glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth with that praise and that knowledge. Maybe one of the problems we have in our community, not maybe, but definitely maybe one of the reasons we struggle every day, not maybe, but definitely is because not enough folk know the good news. We get lost on these temporal things and we mess up because of temporal things around here, temporary things around here. The Bible says that the angel was joined by a vast host of others. What I love about that clip I just showed you is that was just in a park in Chicago. That's all. Just in one city in this country, it was that kind of joy. Now multiply that all over the country. And then you get a sense of the volume of joy that was going on. And if you had the ability to go stand in the crowd, <laughs> no,
0: don't
1: be, to go stand in the crowd at his inauguration, and in what Donald Trump says was the second largest inauguration, but we know different because we stood out there in the largest inauguration with a million people just to be there. You couldn't see? You couldn't even hear, you were too far away from the, the big jumbotron, you even see the jumbotron. Plus, it was the coldest it's ever been known to man, I think, that day. Yeah, you can't take all them folk from the south and put them out there in that, new, in that D.C. cold. It was so cold out there. Bring the guy hypothermia standing out there, just standing, standing. We had to quit the inauguration to go to the bus. It was that cold out there. A million people. A million people. Joy. Joy. Praise comes from it. Praise comes from it. Gospel became real to me at a much later point in my life. Not when the yellow bus bike thing happened, that wasn't it. But when I understood about Christ's sacrifice. I wasn't a teenager. I used to sit up in church looking like some of these teenagers look at me. The truth. Y'all walk in the same pathway we walk, but I'm gonna tell you the day is gonna come when life is gonna step to you. And all the prompts you thought you had in life, all the supportive systems you thought you had in life may not be there for you. It may be your mama, mama may not be there. It may be your daddy daddy may not be there. Maybe the education you thought that was going to be the savior to your tomorrow may not come the way you want it to. You need to have something that you are absolutely confident in. And I came to tell you there is no assurance like the assurance of the good news. That Jesus Christ came and lived with us. And that's why we celebrate him on Christmas day. And that's something worth praising. Isaiah said it this way in 7 and 14. He said, "Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call his name Emmanuel." This same virgin, virgin is the same one who told Luke the story, the same one. So the promise that was made In the book of Isaiah, watch this now. The promise was made in the book of Isaiah 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. It was predicted 700 years. And then here is that virgin 700 years later talking to Luke who's penning his version of the story. God told us one day it's going to happen. And Luke told us about the day that it did. God is true to his word. God is still true to his word. So, not only when we hear the good news does it mean we ought to praise, the good news also invites us. It invites us to be a part of it. It's not a one time event that happened 2,000 plus years ago, it's a continuous event. Every time someone comes to an understanding of the good news, guess what? They are invited to become a part of the story that's still being written. You can continue to share the good news with somebody else. If you don't have anything else to give this season, knowing the good news, Tyrone means you're equipped to give somebody else something. Because all you have to do is share the good news with them and you have just given them the most valuable thing they could ever have in life. And that's knowledge that God came to be with them. And Too many people don't know that. They think they're all alone in this big world and the moment that Jesus stepped through heaven, through Mary, to be with us, we cease to never be alone again. Have you told somebody? Have you planned to tell somebody that Jesus came? Do you make it your mission to not let a 24-hour period go by without you sharing the good news? Have you gotten that information and candid in your mind and stopped telling other folk about it? Are you stingy with the good news? Because it's not just for folk who stand behind pulpits to talk about the good news. It's for everyone who knows the good news to tell somebody about the good news. Have you told somebody? Yeah. Guess what? The day you tell them about the good news for them will be the first Noel of their lives. Oh, yeah. That'll be the day for them that they hear the good news. I love this. The angels left and went to heaven. Went back to heaven. Went back to their job. And the shepherds gave us the best example we could ever have. They didn't say, take the sheep over there to that pasture." The grass looked pretty good over there tonight. They didn't go back to business as usual, Pam. In fact, I love the language that Luke gave. He said, the shepherd said, we got to get busy. I know we're just shepherds. I know nobody wants to see us coming, jacket, but we have got to go to Bethlehem. We are going to be the heralds of the good news. We are going to be the ones who tell the world that Jesus Christ has come. But first, I got to go see myself. This thing that has happened. This thing. That is happening. Guess what? Until you put some color behind it, until you put some flavor behind it, until you let folk know how it's affecting your life, it's going to remain just this thing. But it's more than a thing, it's our thing. All right? It's my thing, it's my relationship. Let me tell you about my thing. Yeah, the song used to be saying back in the 70s, it's your thing. Yeah, I want to know what's your thing. Because the Bible says that this thing right here changed the entire world. Years later, we got a similar invitation sitting on the table right here for you. Have you ever accepted the news that was heralded that day? Do you know the good news in your life? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Is he yours? Is it your thing? The same thing that was a thing for the sheriff, the shepherds can be your thing. Do you know him? Do you know this man named Jesus? The good news is this today, the greater news, news flash, news flash, breaking news, breaking news. He's not a baby anymore. The baby grew up. The baby not only grew up, the baby did some man-sized things. Yeah, the man-sized things was that he walked and he talked with folk and he healed folk and he, and he, he made folk who felt like they were nothing realize that they were everything to him. This same Jesus Christ, who we celebrated in a manger, the one who still gives us joy, decided that it wasn't enough that he came to live with us. He decided you were special enough that even if it required him, he was willing to die for you. The same Jesus. He did it. Yeah, this thing. He died for He didn't die just a little bit, but He died all the way for us. He satisfied heaven for us. And as if that wasn't enough. But that's not how the story ends. It's a continuous story. The Bible says that after he died for us, three days later, he rose again. That's love. This joy I have, the world, the world didn't give it to me. This knowledge that I have was given to me by heaven itself. And I came today just to
0: share the good news
1: with you today. The good news. The first Noel. Jesus Christ. Those are the simple ingredients. To a celebration. Of this season. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you came today looking for. But I came to share that news with you today. Today is an opportunity for you to claim him. As your personal savior. Claim the gift of Him being with you today. I I, I wish, I wish I could dispel the notion that the only thing we want you to do is join this church. No, I want you to be in his family. I want you to be a part of his family. And then I want to talk to you about fellowshipping with folks who believe the same thing. But first, you got to claim him as your savior. If you've never done that before, I invite you to accept that invitation right now. Right now, you believe he was born, he lived, he died, and he was resurrected for you. The opportunity for you to accept him as your savior is right now. Then I want to talk to you about joining us. We'd love to have Leaders of our church have come right now and the doors of our church are wide open. Come on, y'all. Invite them, y'all.